Craig, right? Gosh, dang <laughs> it, man. Craig. All right, well, you're on. All right. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. I'm a lucky guy. I'm married to Jessica. You know the routine. Creighton, why are we late? Why did we start? If you're listening on the podcast, this doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, it's like 640. 806. It's what? 8.06. I got, I got there. I mean, you preached about this professionalism that we need to be having. And and we are we are late. We've all been sitting here. Where have you been, Creighton? I have also been sitting. <laughs> uh, not here, though. I had some gastrointestinal distress, um, and so it caused us to be a couple of minutes late because I mean, I'm the only one that knows how to work the spaceship over here. We were uh, getting text messages. So. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> no, we weren't. Why haven't you started? Oh, we did. We got we a text. Did. We did we get did a text. Get a text. Yeah. Did we actually? We yeah, actually did. Wife. Hey, where are you guys? What's going on? So why aren't y'all live? Does Zach yeah, have so. COVID again? Hey. Everybody was worried. <laughs> And you had to go poop. <laughs> Multiple times. Hey, hey, it happens. It happens. You had, well, hey, you're hearing other voices. Uh, you guys yeah. obviously know Creighton. Creighton, That's welcome me. to the Outlaw Radio Show. Glad glad you finally were able to join us. Yeah. And then we also have the uh, the four amigos. We got Nicholas Monty, yep, Dill Daddy me. Derek, Spice Daddy, What's up? and uh, Kyle Park. And we really haven't come up with anything. Nothing. I did match your shirt today, though. You did. You did um, realize I wear a black v-neck most of my life and <laughs> kind of got too easy there it got too easy yeah so uh, you got to give a little context so you've been trying to match a shirt yeah just showing up wearing what i assume that somebody would hopefully be wearing in, in hopes of matching it and i won today yeah you should try gym shorts you'll nail nick's look got just a straight up yep. gym shorts <laughs> look hey um i mean we got a lot of thighs on the live stream a lot of a lot of solid I won't say solid thighs, but well, that's solid. something that just looks solid. That, Man, you know what? It's a good thing. Thighs. It's a good thing that we're not monetized. We were talking about that earlier. We're not monetized, and that's good because if we were, we would now be demonetized. Oh, dude, we could get a For sponsor by Bird Dog over thighs. There. Yeah, or Chubbies. Hey, we could hey, get a sponsor these from Chubbies. We're going to get a sponsorship. Exactly. One day. <laughs> if we were sponsored by anything, it wouldn't be the content. It would be the thighs. Spice <laughs> shorts. We need to do our own yeah. spice shorts. That's right. Brought to you by Deal Daddy Derek <laughs> and Spice Daddy and Spice Deal and Spice Daddies. Well, I this can is... see the FBI raids now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it would appear that the threshold for FBI raids is very, <laughs> very, <laughs> very, <laughs> very low these days. Legal. We're a triple B accredited place. Was a better hey. bu- business. We're sponsored. <laughs> find, a, find a judge connected to Jeffrey Epstein and you can get a subpoena for anything. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Warren. Anyway, Creighton, uh, explain to the audience kind of how this, uh, I don't know, dysfunctional show operates. Well, uh, every week it starts with um, the guys here trying to make me have a heart attack as we get started. Um, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to bring a question or a uh, like a passage of scripture, something that I would like Zach to talk about. He's going to make it into a Bible study. Uh, he hasn't heard it yet. Neither has the other guys. It's just me, which is how I get my revenge. I like to play stump the teacher. Um, so that's what we're doing today. This one's going to be fun. This one's going to be fun. Yes. So, we're, you, so in your mind, this is all playing stump the teacher. Oh, yeah. It's a bit adversarial. 
Interesting. Yeah. We should really rethink. <laughs> we should rethink how this show's operating. We did. I will throw this out before we get to your topic. So in a couple of weeks, we won't be having an episode because Creighton decides to go out of town. And so the conversation that we had is how funny it would be to have Spice Daddy take over the production chair, but we'll pretend it's Creighton and just like pixelate his face and see if anybody... <laughs> I think it's still a great idea, but Creighton has vetoed that as the producer. Nah, I need some job security. Some job security for your free job. Yeah. For the, your volunteer ministry. So what's the topic tonight, brother? All right. So um, there's this, I want to call it a refrain. It happens uh, in both Exodus and Deuteronomy when um, Moses is laying out the Ten Commandments. And, um, you know, verse... Three in Exodus 20 when he's going through them. Okay, someone well, Actually, up. I'm going to start, though. I've got it. I've I know, but somebody it. else pull it up. So we, okay. Yeah, we're going to be in Exodus 20, and I'm just going to read the first couple of, it, of verses about the Ten Commandments. Okay. So it starts with verse 1. It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of, land, out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So my question is kind of twofold. Um, the first one is how can God be jealous? Because I've every connotation I have for jealousy would be in terms of like a uh, negative envy connotation. and it's, yeah, it's always in my mind, it's a sinful thing to be jealous. Um, and second of all, what exactly does it mean for God to visit the iniquity of the fathers upon their children? Um, as someone who would fall into the second generation of a father who I know nothing about. That's kind you of a weird thing. You would also fall in the, the third generation or fourth generation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> what does that mean in terms of me? What does it mean in terms of my hypothetical, probably never going to happen future children? Like, what does it mean to, for God to visit the iniquities upon the children? And what does it mean for God to be jealous? Cause that's a weird idea to me. So, so that's I, basically I, it. I kind of want to, I, I, I don't know pivot here by asking a question my, my own well, like where did you come up with this question like what what prompted uh this of all things um we just, were at lunch just curiosity yeah we were at lunch on um sunday and we as in who uh basically everyone here uh the wives larry who's been on the show before it was so like was a bunch a of us okay, a whole a bunch of okay, okay gotcha no. you know we always take if you ever come to 316 to hang out long enough, at some point somebody will say, you want to go to lunch? And we'll take a bunch of people to a restaurant somewhere. And we always own the restaurant because there are a thousand of us. Um, anyway, so it was a whole Thousands group of us. Thousands. <laughs> there are thousands. Um, so I was sitting next to Justin. We're like locusts. talking. Yes. We swarm in. <laughs> so anyway, I was sitting next to Justin. And he was talking about his uh, 23 and Spice me. Daddy, for those that might not know. Uh, yes. Uh, Spice Daddy. I don't remember this at all. And he was talking about his 23 and me, and um, you were talking about like your ancestry and how how you were 
connecting with people. And I started thinking about it. Um, and I always have calls with my mom on Sunday nights. Which uh, is good. Everyone should do. talk to their yes, mom. Talk to your parents. Um, and so I was telling her about it and I was thinking about maybe doing it because we don't know who her dad is. Um, so you brought up to your mom about bringing up this topic on the outlaw radio show. No, I brought up to my mom thinking about doing 23 and me. Oh, okay. And, okay. I missed um, that. Sorry. Yeah. In the context of the conversation I was having with her was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but if I'm going to do it, I want your blessing because you know, it's because your mom doesn't know who her father is. And that might give some indications. Of exactly. Things that maybe don't want to be known. Exactly. It's her mystery, not mine. Like it's kind of mine, but it's about half mine as it is hers. Um, so I was, that was the conversation we were having. And then as I was going through the week, I was thinking more about like who this person could be, what else we could find out about our family tree, all that kind of stuff. And I thought about this and the idea of visiting the iniquity upon the children. And I was like, man, I've never really understood what that means. Um, especially given when you, when we're dealing with, um, Jesus and the disciples and they see the blind guy and the disciples are like, Hey, is this because of his parents sin? Because he's been blind since birth. Like how can it's not, he couldn't have sinned to cause his blindness. So was it his parents and Jesus responds and says, no, it's for the glory of God being made manifest or I'm not sure what the exact ver verbiage is, but he says that no, it's not because of his parents that he's blind. It is to the glory of God that he's blind. Um, and we all, and we often talk about that as like it sin, not being genetically linked in that way, but this would seem to, to confer the opposite idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this was all kind of just spinning in my head as I was thinking about who this person might be. That is a quarter of my genetics. Um, and just for the context, kind of this all is, over the place. This is your, your, um, this is the individual that contributed half of your mother's genetics. Yes, it's my. Of, it would be my mother's father. Of which she doesn't know or have any idea who who this individual happens to be or not. Yeah, and that's kind of the essence of. There's a mystery about that. In regards to identity, not not causation, and that's the connection and the link. And obviously, we have to kind of dodge around a few things here. Yeah, um, I don't want to get too yeah. into it. Let me, let me give you kind of a, a, another illustration, something that's very public that I think might correlate to a degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say, I kind of bring this up tactfully, but we've had a, a previous guest, guest on the show. Um, <clears throat> I did an interview, man, it was a couple of years ago now with, with a guy that, that runs an organization called Life Has Purpose. His name's Ryan Bomberger. And I, I got connected with Ryan. Um, I actually just went to a, um, was invited to a gala, a, a, a pro-life gala, um, kind of one of those, um, shoot, what's the right phrase? like a women's shelter, a women's home um, that was local and they were trying to raise money for um, this kind of battered women's shelter. And, and so the, he was brought in anyway at this gala. We were invited, Jessica and I, we went, and he was the keynote speaker. And what makes his story, Life Has Purpose, great organization, Radiance Foundation is the organization. Um, in fact, if you've ever seen the shirt, I, I have a shirt that says Abort Row. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a, a Ryan Bomberger uh, Radiance Foundation t-shirt. They have a a bunch of, of factivism instead of activism is kind of their sl their slogan. But <laughs> Ryan, cute. but Ryan has a very cool story because he's very pro life. They're activists for the pro life movement, and um, but he was conceived in rape, 
um, like a really dramatic way that he was conceived. And like we were even in, in, in so okay, this the Supreme Court has ruled on Roe um, and that has thrown it back to the states, but that has like heightened the debate more on the state level. So there's a lot of these conversations happening on a state level about where to limit abortion, this, that, and the other. And you, and you find people that will, that will say, well, you know, as can, can even, even like your most hard line positions will, will have some stipulation uh, for incest or, and you'll also get rape, you know, as, as one of the conditions, uh, like uh, the, 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 the vitality, life of the mother, things of that nature. Um, but Ryan will argue, like, I'm so glad that whoever this person, because he never met his biological mother, has no idea who the dad was, obviously. Um, he was uh, completely put up for adoption upon birth, has never met any of these people, but was adopted by, and he's a black guy, a white family that was way into adoption and and loved him and cared for him. And, and as a result, he had a life and a future. And so he actually speaks out like how a life was conceived doesn't pertain to the value of the life. It's mm-hmm. still a life that has value. And God, don't we believe that God can take, you know, ugly things and make them beautiful? Um, that God's end is stories of redemption, bad things that God can make good things out of. Very cool guy. I encourage you to check out his, his Radiance Foundation. But, but with, I mean, that kind of ties into a little bit of, of the essence of even in his situation, like, okay, well, he was conceived in, in a terrible way. Doesn't know either of his fathers. There's the sin thing. Like, how do you, how do you tackle a passage like that? Um, and I would carry that over to a lot of other people. Like, okay, my dad's an alcoholic, total douchebag, a jerk, terrible person, beat my mom, was a serial cheater. You know, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm not that person. So is there a connection? And am I suffering the sins of my father? Am I, will my kids suffer as a result of his indiscretions? Like, again, if we take that passage at just purely face value, you're right. There are some really challenging, intimidating questions. Um, I'm going to get these guys. So the, the, one of the reasons that these guys are, are here is they're, they're, their intention is to help me turn this kind of into a Bible study and help develop the, the conversation, help the conversation move forward. You presented the question in two forms. I've kind of unpacked at least the direction we'll go with the second half. But let me very quickly, before I pass it to you guys, give you guys a chance to still put, to put together some thoughts. The idea of jealousy, which is an interesting thing. So, you know, God, we serve a jealous God. And we think, of, well, wait a second. Jealousy has just this, it's, it has a negative connotation. Like, a jealous boyfriend or a jealous husband. Um, And and there's no doubt there is a negative connotation to the phrase, um, but that doesn't mean that it's supposed to have a negative connotation. Again, use utilizing language. Just because, just because there is a human emotion that God anthropomorphically applies to himself that might have a negative connotation. Doesn't mean that you can carry the negative connotation over to God, to the divine. It's, it's to give us an insight into something about God and his person that, that's hard to understand, but he's doing his best to place it into a context using our limited language that we might understand. Again, I'll give you a good example of this. Um, anger. If I, I talk about anger, to be angry, there's a, there's a serious negative connotation to that, right? But does, but does anger in and of itself, that human raw emotion, 
is anger in and of itself sinful? No, not necessarily. Now, for most of us, does it very quickly manifest into sinful thoughts or actions or deeds? Almost immediately. Almost immediately for us, right? I, I, I would say you know, that it's very unlikely that any of us are ever to, to, to achieve that standard of where, we're, where we have a righteous anger, where we're actually able to be, to be angry and yet sin not. Um, maybe there are certain things, I, I mean, you know, you know, you hear about, um, good grief, you know, certain things that have like, okay. In the state of Georgia, there was a, a, a study, that, uh, not a study, but a, a story that rolled out this past week of two gay men that had adopted children and were taking those children to make child pornography. And you read a story like that and, and you're like, this is where stoning seems applicable. Um, with, you want to talk about getting demonetized. We probably just achieved that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like that, there's a righteous, like a vindication. Like you want to talk about people that do things like that to children. Um, th- that visceral reaction, that anger for righteousness. I, I think it can exist. But, but we're told really um, Jesus was the only one that was able to be angry and sin not. That Jesus was able to experience that that natural human emotion reaction, and yet because he was divine and sinless, there was the guardrails that allowed it to manifest and 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 flow in a righteous manner. Now, it flowed in a violent manner, which is interesting because the the instances we have of this is when Jesus, you know, witnessed what was happening within the temple, and and it and it. It infuriated him, and it drove him to act. He actually physically drove out the money changers. You, you won't make my father's house a, a den of thieves. He was righteously indignant, angry. But again, we think of anger, there's a negative connotation. G- within Jesus, the divine, we're told Jesus was angry, not in the negative, but he was able to achieve like this description of what was happening within himself that we can relate to, but still we can understand the emotion within some guardrails. So I bring that up to get back to the idea of jealousy. You know, when we talk about a person being jealous or a boyfriend, a husband being jealous, um, again, that, like, is there a righteous jealousy? Probably very hard for any of us to attain. But within God, the idea of jealousy of that, that deep longing for, um, that, that, that hurt and pain experienced when, when, when the love that, that is rightfully due to them is being demonstrated to someone else because the Bible presents um, the Jewish people and their relationship with God in 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 a love dynamic. Um, a, a husband and a wife is how God always articulated his relationship with Israel, which is why in Hosea to articulate the pain he was experiencing, he has his prophet marry a whore, and she cheats on him, and and he wants the wants Hosea to go and marry her and redeem her back. Um, we have these illustrations then in the New Testament of we are the bride of Christ. And so when the Bible talks about God being jealous, it's when our attention, our affections are being wooed and waned by anything other than him. He says he's a jealous God, not in, the, in a sinful sense, but to articulate a visceral reaction that is happening within God's heart. And again, even when you say God's heart, you're speaking in anthropomorphical terms. 
Um, but but the idea is to articulate that, that God takes a, his relationship with us seriously and personally when we cheat on him and we stray from him. And within the context of the law, you know, that you cited, you know, that passage in, in Exodus, you know, that that's the context of it. Um, that, you know, serve the the Lord your God, like the first commandment. It's 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 the essence of the intimacy of the relationship itself. Have no other God but me. Um I'm a jealous God. Like, I want your affection. I want your attention. And I don't want to share that with anyone. Um, you see what I'm saying? So that's, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. So that, I guess, kind of answers the first the first component. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I start sharing some thoughts about the second half and the more complicated, to be fair, dynamic, I want to throw it to you guys and get some feedback. So who wants to who wants to jump into the fray first? On the on the jealousy side? Either one. It's it's wide open. Oh. Um the jealousy side of it to me it's like um it, it's je- being jealous is, is wanting something that somebody else or something else has and to me i mean that makes it where i can kind of understand where god's coming from if he's a if he's a jealous god and he's jealous of an individual that is you know gone astray in some way or whatnot that makes sense to me that God can be jealous of a thing that he wants that is in something else's possession at this, at that time. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that, absolutely. I, I think mm-hmm. that was articulated very well. Yeah. I mean, we're created by him and for him. Like everything that we're supposed to do, it either glorifies him or it doesn't. So when we're taking our time and our attention, like you said, and putting it on really anything else in an unhealthy way, like say if I just, if I spend eight hours a day watching TV every single day, that in a way is an idol. Like I'm taking all of the attention that I, maybe not all, but most of the attention that I should be giving to him and just you wasting it on something else. Like anything can be an idol, giving it that much attention, that much time. You know, and idols, interestingly enough, I, I love the way that um, Timothy Keller, um, he wrote a book called um, Counterfeit Gods. A great book. Highly recommend. Uh, great, wonderful read. I don't agree with Timothy Keller on, on everything, but th- with this particular book, I think he has a lot of great insight. But his whole deal is like an idol isn't isn't a bad thing. That's kind of what makes an idol so slippery. It's a preeminent thing. It's anything that takes the, a preeminent place in your life over that of Jesus. And and and, and it's it's weird to think. You know, you threw out the example of, of television, but we can even get, you know, you know, kids can be idols. Your own children. Can be can be idols where again they're good things like in fact they're even in your control there's they're supposed to have a place um but if they if they take a preeminent place over jesus then they become an idol and and you have a wife ministry you know or ministry job there's a lot of good things in our lives that can very quickly become idols of which god's like i'm jealous of that why because it's taking the place that that's reserved for me and me alone um any other thoughts, you guys? Let's pivot a bit to to the, the more complicated idea. What do you think? What do you think is meant by the sins of the fathers being carried over to the the children, to the to the third and fourth generation? I have thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. The, the, share them. Let's, let's so dive in, Kyle. The I think that when the, most of the arguments or the when this topic comes up, people are kind of like how the disciples you mentioned about the blind man saying like, "Is this a result of the?" of his father's sins. Um, I don't, I think that there's a difference between 
seeing a a, a problem, an issue, a, a you know God ha- causing something to happen to somebody that is a bad thing, and directly saying, okay, it has to be a result of of the father's sins. So not everything bad that can happen in somebody's life is a result of the father's or grandfather's sins, but there are going to be actual repercussions sometimes of what what your family does, what what has happened. Like, you know, there can or be... Or your father's sins. Yeah, your father's sins can actually have repercussions for your family. Like if I, oh, you know, yeah. if I do a bunch of, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to list. Drugs, cheat, alcohol, if, whatever, if, my if son che- can... If you can, cheat on your, your wife. Yeah, and then my son's got a broken home. You right. know, th- those things can happen. So there are actual things, but not, it's kind of a, you know, all turtles will rep- are reptiles, but not all reptiles are turtles type of situation mm-hmm. where not all bad things are repercussions of parents' sin, but repercussions of parents' sin are all are, bad things. Are bad you things. know, there are, t- there are that, that passage that you brought up where, you know, they come, they come to Jesus and they're, again, with the blind man in the context, the man born blind, the, the, conventional religious opinion of the day was that that he's blind either because some sin he committed in utero or some kid some sin committed by the father and 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 so that's the question and a lot of people in, in addressing that passage uh, immediately rail on the question as if that's an illogical question or an unreasonable question but if you if you really take a moment, like, can a father's actions cause reper- physical repercussions in in the child that's born? Yeah, it's, it's really weird that people would ask that question though, with all the 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 therapy they go through because their dad didn't show give them enough hugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Think about so, alcoholism, I mean, too. Right. Like if you have a great-great-grandfather or whatever who was super alcoholic, the, all the descendants below are, have a higher probability of having alcoholism. Right, and it's really weird because a lot of the stuff like that can show up genetically, mm-hmm. too. And it can... And, and, but just, you know, I think the advantage we have over the Old Testament stuff is Jesus. We've been redeemed. So you can stop that. Well, it's, it's okay, so there, it's Jesus, and it's redemption, but I would add another word that's important to the conversation, which, which makes the New Testament different than the Old Testament, which is very important, I think, for this conversation. And it's another R word, but it's regeneration. Mm. Yeah, um, becoming new. Yeah. It's becoming, it's, it's the process of becoming what I wasn't. So you guys touched on a lot of things that I think are, are, are relevant and important. First and foremost... Is, is practically speaking, sins of the fathers can absolutely be felt in, in the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I mean, look um, at all the problems we have now. It's because of fatherless homes. Those decisions that those fathers made to not be there. Increased poverty, yeah. lack of education, greater tendency towards gang admittance or, or violence um, or, or lack of the respect of, of, of other women. I mean, you, you can run through the gamut dropout rates directly tied to one thing fatherlessness you know the sin of the father of abandoning the woman and not raising the kid and and being deadbeat has a tangible practical manifestation negatively in the life of the child um you know you you take the step back um you know regarding you know 
decision. I mean, I, I hate to use an extreme analogy, um, but I mean, if there's some type of an abuse that takes place, um, that could have a physical ramification into a physical debility within the child. Um, if, if the pregnant woman is hanging out with the dad who's smoking crack, that can have a ramification. So like there's a practical, and again, I don't mean to go like extreme to, to that, but it's still true. Practically speaking, the sins of the father have an effect on the kids in utero, even before they're born, but even during life, the sins of the father have an effect on the kids. You, you know, you, you hear all kinds of stories and we know people, you know, I, it's a youth pastor for a decade. Um, it's so heartbreaking to see good kids, kids that are doing great and, 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 and are loving the Lord and are plugged in and have a community around them and are supported and loved and, and, and have just the future ahead of them. Their dad does something stupid and the family gets torn apart and friends get divided and grandparents and it affects the church life and they're not here for holidays and, and the whole the whole world spirals out of control. And it's not the kid's fault at all. Although the kid, 99 times out of 100, when you're talking about middle schooler or high schooler, even though the, the parent, like, it's not you, honey, they will take it personally. They will blame themselves for the divorce. And it tears them apart. Um, the sins of the fathers, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to deviate into other topics, but like, Abuse, sexual abuse is a, is a terrible thing in, in, any, in any way that it manifests. But you know, statistically, the most damaging way it manifests is when it's a dad. Because a dad holds a unique role in the life of a child. And because of that unique role, God-given role, God-established role, a spiritual role, the, the ramifications are, are carried forth even more dramatically. The sins of the father dramatically personally affecting uh, the kids. So th there's a practical answer to this. Um, I think, Derek, you touched on something that, that's worth noting. That there is a genetic... Like, one of the things that makes what, what happens in Exodus here so brilliant is the practicality of the genetic uh, indicators of the propensities for certain types of fallenness. And I say that because, again... You know, I think Adam was created with perfect code. Um, when sin entered, the code was corrupted. And there is a lot of things that we do from birth that are sinful. I don't think we become sinners. I believe the Bible says we were born sinners. That, you know, again, Freud, that we're corrupted by society or environment. No, I think we're the ones that corrupt both. That we were bro born broken. And that from a very practical standpoint, manifests from our genealogical and genetic tendencies. Again, you mentioned, Derek, a great example of that, alcoholism. There's a practical, a practical thing that, that is, is marked. It's, it's seen. Um, well, I've thought about that when I was younger. Like, I've never known either of my biological grand, uh, grandfathers. Okay. And like from what little that my mom has said, and none of anything from on my dad's side, like it. I've your just dad never spoke. It about just him, right? always seemed like something was going on, and I had thought. 
about this verse specifically, and this was younger, but and more recently too, have thought about that and been like, is this just like a generate not to throw it in the same way, but like a generational curse type thing or like am I still suffering sins of the father that I'm like am I always going to be in this type of thing like is there any way to break it am I the like I'm the generational break too if I ever have kids to like I'll be the stop for whatever has happened on before then but it still seems like there's still so much going on with all that and just like is that a a recurring thing for sure let me let me let me speak to this personally I, I have a wonderful father and if you're listening Greatest dad a, a boy could ever want. I, I love my dad with all my heart. Um, there are things about my dad that he will say um, he doesn't want me to emulate. Um, that he wants me to be a better person than him. Um, a, a quick example of this was Spanish too. <laughs> so when I was a senior in high school, I was stuck taking Spanish too, And I hated Spanish. I can barely speak English, yet alone a foreign language. Ironically, I happened to be going on a a mission trip to Mexico that summer. And so my dad was like, son, you need to to do well in the Spanish 2 class if you you want to go on this mission trip. And it was kind of a battle that we were having about this, about speaking Spanish. And I hated Spanish. I hated it. I hated the class. I didn't want to be there. Um, Just the dredge, man. It was terrible. And so progress reports come out. Man, I got a C in Spanish 2. So my dad came to me. He had a powwow. It was a come to Jesus moment. He was like, all right, here's the deal. Here's the deal, son. If you get a C in Spanish, anything less than a B, I'm not going to pay for your Mexico mission trip. In fact, if you want to go on it, you will have to pay for this, this, this mission trip. And so I, I sat there and I was like, so you're saying that if I'm willing to pay for the Mexico mission trip, <laughs> Um, I can get a C in Spanish. And he was like, well, that's not the lesson I wanted you to pull out of this, but, but yes. And I was like, well, how much will that be? He's like 750 bucks. I said, deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so I sure enough, I got a C in Spanish too. And I wrote a check for my Mexico mission trip because I hated Spanish that much. And I knew I could just put no effort, get a C and be done with it. Now, what's funny is I was telling my grandfather about this. Big O at his house a couple weeks after graduation. He goes, Spanish too? You got a C? And, uh, and my dad was like, I want him to be better than me. And Big O looked at it and was like, give me a moment. Because Big O didn't throw away anything. So he goes down into the basement. He goes back with my, my father's senior report card. And you know what he had in Spanish too his senior year? A D. and i turned to my dad i was like you want me to be better than you i was better than you (laughs) and you're still making me pay for this mission trip he said you're darn right again so i'm gonna break in here real fast okay because it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned uh your dad and whatnot because we actually have a comment that i would like to okay jump in here um so uh, the first comment is qu- asking about um, jealous husbands and um, how that works. That's at the beginning of the video. Go back and watch it. Um, and then it and says, we'll get to that. I, I can recap towards yes. the end. I'll, I'll the recap. The second one the is uh, I wish I could blame my sins on my dad. Um, the third is our mom's off the hook. 
why isn't sons of the mother a phrase? And those are all from one Nick Adams. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, Nick Adams. You want to throw mom under the bus? Is that what he's doing? He's like, I'm hearing this about dad. What about mom? I see what you're doing. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to step into that at all. That might be one. That meant me one question dropped in by a listener or a viewer that I ain't going to touch with a 10 foot pole. Um, I've always joked though. I've always joked that I am the combination of my parents' worst qualities. Mm. Um, that within myself, you know, there are absolutely characteristics that I can draw directly from my dad. I don't know if there's a genealogical connection or if it's the environmental result, you know, the culture of it, you know, nature versus nurture. That's a different debate. But there are things about my dad that, that I have this tendency. And he will say that there are things about me that are like him that I need to be better than him at. And I say that, again, no apologies, because there are things about my kids. Man, when you have kids, Kyle, you, you're the one guy in the room that can attest to this. There are things that you will see in your kids, and you're like, oh, my goodness gracious, this is their mom. They need to change. Just like their mom. Just like <laughs> their mom. Um, everything good about them, they get from me. Everything... <laughs> but no I, keep digging oh yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> all kidding aside like um I, I get that 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 i i want you my dad would always i want you to be a better man than me um but i get that as a dad something i understand as a dad because you know i want my kids to be to be better than me and then the practical sense it's like there are things that that i that i am that are like my father that I'm working to be better at. And those same things are, are in my kids. And I want them to be better than me. And my, and my dad will say, I want them to be better than, than you and me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the, whether they're like, again, I, I don't like the term curse, but I do think that there is, there is this, this basic biological, cultural thing that just happens. Um, there's stats, man crazy stats about adultery where like if 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 your dad has committed adultery like you need to be constantly aware that there might be some deep tendency in you that might have a proclivity to make the same mistake and you just got to be careful on it you just got to know like hey i'm not gonna i am not gonna allow the sins of my father to to to, to manifest in me because they'll carry on to my, my, my kin. And you've made that comment, Derek, about, you know what, if there are things, they're gonna end with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna pass them, I'm not gonna carry on this example of, of whatever the Kennedy was, you know? And for those that don't know, Derek Kennedy's his name. For me, it's the Adams. You know, the, the thing that I saw in Big O, that I see in, in my dad, that I see in me, I, I want that to end with me. My dad wants it to end with him. You know, and, and there are things in my family that have ended. Um, my, my grandfather grew up in a totally different time and had a different perspective on a lot of things culturally. And you know what? My dad said, no. And there were times my, my mom, where there would be family functions and my grandfather and the old good old white boys would start joking up, cutting up, saying some things that didn't need to be said and using some words that were inappropriate to use. And my mom and my dad were like, nope. And I remember a line of demarcation where we, I stopped seeing parts of my family because it was like, no, we're not carrying this on. This is ending here. Now, let me pivot this a bit before I do in any, any 
Anything you guys want to add? No, you're nailing it. Yeah. Justin, <laughs> anything? You're kind of quiet, soaking it up. I mean, it's I, – I think as a I'm, – I'm not a dad, so, I mean, it's it's – I think part of your job as a dad is is to end the end those things. Yeah, I think you're called by God to end it. Yeah, and you know what? You want to talk about you know let's let's tie back to last week's episode, being a man of God. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe there's a characteristic we can throw into what it means to be a man of God. But like this ends with me. But you can't do it. Right. So that's where we'll pivot. Thank you for the segue. <laughs> <laughs> because again, the verse you brought up. In Exodus, it's it's within the, the old covenant and this old model, which was to teach us a lot of things. Um, most of which it was to teach us that we desperately need a savior, because these things don't end easily, um, you know. And we brought up the the necessity of Jesus, and how Jesus as a savior changes things, and it was mentioned already the idea of redemption. You know, to be redeemed. You know, something that was lost and broken and thrown on the, the trash pile that gets that gets purchased and bought and brought in and given new use and new life and new meaning, you know? But again, the operative word, the important word for this conversation is the concept that, like, I am not... Like, the, the, the good news of the gospel is I am not bound to my genetics or my environment. Whatever these two things are that exist that make me who I am, again, whether it's how I was raised, the environment in which I was raised, or the genes in which I'm given, that give me all these propensities for all different kinds of things, regardless of all of that, the the good news of the gospel is that in spite of those things, if I give my life to Jesus and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, what was dead in me becomes alive in him, and I am no longer who I was. I'm no longer bound. Now, I will wrestle against the flesh. I will wrestle against these tendencies, but I am not these things. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am a new, Paul says, I am, he declares, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things passed away, and all things are becoming new. They're in the process of becoming new. They're not and, and won't be complete, to tie back to an even further episode, they won't be complete till heaven. But I am in the process, and that's the gospel. The gospel is, I was who I was in sin, and I am being made into someone different in Christ Jesus, which has so many implications to all kinds of relevant things within our culture, because th- we live in a culture with this mantra of, like, it's okay, this is how I was born, and because I was born a certain way, that's who I am. You know, I might have been I might have been born with certain uh, biological features, but I've always known I was something. You were broken. Everyone was broken in different ways. Or I was I was I've always been gay. I was born gay. Okay, well, but, but some people have been born alcoholics, or born with a propensity for fill in the blank. We were born broken. The good news of the gospel is that. Even, while, even though you were born less than what God wanted, Jesus died to fill you with his spirit to make you into something else, to make you into what he wants you to be, which will be different. Um, and again, that's where the gospel ends for some people because they don't, want, they don't want to admit their need to change. They're so tied into an identity that there's no, there's no willingness to, 
Like again, you you have to you have to admit a brokenness, a need for salvation, and 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 the admittance that how you are isn't good enough. People say God loves me just the way that I am, and I'll say yeah, but He loves you more than that because He's not going to leave you that way. He loves you enough to change you into the person you need to be, not the person you are. You can never say, oh well, Jesus loves me the way that I am. He does. So much so he died to make you into who you're not. Right? And if you can't accept that truth, well, then you'll never accept the gospel. And you'll never change, and, and you will be who you are. So, any thoughts, fellas? Yeah, that last thing you said, the love you just the way you are. Like, if if you're just going to take that and, and say, okay, then fine, I'm just going to stay how I am, then you've never really, like, in my opinion, you haven't really experienced love in any way like even in a marriage like i love my wife exactly how she is like that doesn't mean that you know she couldn't be better and same thing with me like my wife loves me that should make me want to be better for her to be a better husband to be a better man same thing with god god loves me just the way i am i want to be better for him it should it should drive you it should be an encouragement not just a okay we're good here well, that's a, that's just going to grow the relationship and grow the love. Too. It, yeah, the more I, you do that, the more you're showing love, the more you're showing all those things to each other. D, you got anything else? Uh, currently. Spice Daddy? Okay, I need to get back, Creighton, to the few questions my brother asked specifically. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the first. One at a time. I'm going to do this, Nick. We're, we're doing this. <laughs> You're listening. Here we go. This is just for you. Who, who, he's coming into town and, and he get his flight arrives at like six o'clock at night and he wants to come and be on the outlaw radio show. And I'm like, man, we started at eight. And he's like, well, awesome. if I can't make awesome. it, what do we do? And I was like, well, we might have to just do an after show, yeah. uh, which will be a disaster. <laughs> oh yeah. It would be a disaster. So question at a time. I'm doing this. I'm answering my brother. All right. So the first is if your wife described you as being a jealous husband that is typically viewed as negative, how is it different for God? Okay. Which is essentially the uh, first question. Which is again, the the first half of the episode, Nick, glad you were listening to the whole thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, again, God's using what, what we refer to as anthropomorphic attributes. So he's using things that we identify with to describe things about himself that are hard to often relay. Uh, I brought up the example that you can, like God describes himself as being an, an angry God. Jesus was angry, but he sinned not. Now, it's very difficult for us to attain that, but it's, it's describing a human emotion that, again, within divinity doesn't have the negative connotation. Same with jealousy. It's describing something we can identify with without the negative connotation. God is jealous. Like, Kyle, you, you phrased it well in the sense of of he longs for something that he's not possessing at the time. Yeah. Something that somebody else has something that some, somebody else has just like a husband being jealous for a wife that's attentions may be going elsewhere. Um, so the first part of the question, second question. Okay. The second question, I went to the wrong camera. I want to be on the time. The second question is, um, and this was pertaining to the phrase, the sins of the father are, um, visit upon this, the children for three to four generations. He said, are moms off the hook? Why isn't, um, uh, why isn't the sins of the mother a phrase? Okay. Meaning like, why don't we say the sins of the mother I, and father? I think that's a very great, great question. Even though I, I, I dismissed it earlier. It is a good question. Um, and I think that there are, there are a few different ways to kind of address what is a, a complex idea. 
Um, first and foremost is, is understanding the hierarchy within the family structure that God designed. Um, God created men. God created women. God created men to be fathers, to demonstrate one aspect of his person, the masculinity, the strength. And then God created women um, to represent the Shaddai, the El Shaddai, the, the, the feminine tenderness angle. Um, there's a, a, a reason that, that women are charged within scripture of, of homemaking and, ch- and children uh, raising. Um, there's a reason that men are, are to be out providing um, the defenders. Again, very uh, masculine ideas attributed to two different genders and roles within the family and therefore within the life of the children. I do think as a result, fathers have a, a much different impact on children. And I even think, and this might be a bit controversial, I think sins of the fathers end up having and carrying a different type of weight within children than the sins of moms because of their God-ordained roles. Again, one being the priesthood, uh, demonstrating strength, and the other being tenderness and femininity. I think those ordained roles mean that the impact of the sins of a father carry deeper ramifications than the sins of the mother. Um, I've seen this in practical ways with some of the people that I know, um, where a, a mom cheats on a dad and runs off. Kids have this weird resilience and forgiveness to a mom. Like the, the impact that even a mother's sin has on a child ends up running differently. Like there, there is this spiritual, biological, deeper uh, connection, loyalty even, um, impact. Not, not to say that moms can't screw up kids too, because they can, especially for little girls, I think. Um, just because, you know, a crappy mom makes future moms struggle on how to be moms. You know, their, their, their example um, sometimes gets skewed and, and therefore there's expectations and they don't know who to compare themselves to. But, but again, why are mothers left on the hook? I think it boils down to the, again, culturally, the hierarchy of the roles within the family. But I do also think just the God ordained role of a man versus a woman. Um, you know, with, with women, you know, girls often marry men that are like their dad, which is how sometimes some of these things get perpetuated. Mm-hmm. But men also tend to, to marry women that are a lot like their mothers. Um, for right or wrong. And then those things have, have, have effects. So, you know, again, getting, getting into the complications of it, um, this doesn't have anything to pertain to our mother because she was the greatest mom a kid could ever want and was perfect in every way. (laughs) And all of our faults come directly from Sandy Adams. (laughs) Um, People ask me about, you know, what does it feel like? to be in the shadow of a great Bible teacher. And my answer is I will never touch Kathy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy is a good third place. I would say in the mm-hmm. hierarchy, I got, you know, but Kathy, um, Mount Rushmore, you know, <laughs> you guys got anything else? Was there any other questions or comments or anything else posted before, um, we, before we bounce? We did have a couple. Uh, Jennifer was on. We had a short conversation about what anthropomorphize means. 
um, if you're watching or not looking at the comments. You can answer this. You got it. Yes. It just means to make something more human-like. Um, so it is a, it's a literary technique. The example I used in the comments was that Disney likes to anthropomorphize toys, animals, and cars. It just means to make it more human-like. Or, or okay, and, and I'll add within the biblical context. Yes, to anthropomorphize. Disney. It's it's to try to it's to try to describe something about God using limited human terms. Yes, a great one. Uh, in the Psalms, you know, we rest under the shadow of His wings. Mm -hmm. well, God doesn't have wings, right? Or shadow. Or, you know, like, so what does that mean? Well, we're used, like, we're anthropomorphizing, huh, good good one, <laughs> things about God, and, and just using human language to try to help us best understand larger ideas. God doesn't have wings, there's not shadows, but we get the idea of resting under the shadow of his wings, and whether we're a chick resting under the shadow of a tender a tender hen, or or the comfort of it, of the shade or whatnot. So anyway, you're laughing, which means we've we've gotten some other comment. Yes, could be Nick Adams. Um, it is not just Nick Adams. Oh no. Um, one Kathy Adams wrote in the comments, <laughs> "Amen," and then Nick <laughs> responded with, "Kathy Adams is a saint," which I can attest to. She is a saint. All right. <laughs> <I miss> Kathy. <laughs> How has this show developed? I don't show? know. I was just to say we need to wrap it up over the, like the last two well, weeks. Thank you for somehow, tuning in to the Outlaw Radio. So uh, tune in to Outlaw Radio where Zach's family. Leaves comments. Um, I didn't. Love you, Mom. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you guys got anything else or are we out of here? I think oh, we're good. We're good. We're getting out of here. Craig, you got anything else? Did it? Great nope. topic. Yeah. Complicated. But also personal. So did it land personally for you? Yes. Did that help? Yes, it did. It did. I enjoyed so that quite a bit. It? I thought it was great. Was are you going to do 23 and me? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I think I am. I uh, My mom and I talked and... and yeah, I think we're going to do it, which is going to be interesting. Is she going to do it? No, um, as of right now, I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, and then she may also, I'm not sure. Does it go all so the way interesting. back to Adam? How far does it go no, back? See, interesting thing, though, women don't give as much information. Yeah, you'd be better off having your dad do it. It would tell you more about what. But, but that's, not the, but your, that's not the. That's question. not the point. Yeah. That's your not your the mom no, it would tell you more about what is on the mom's does your mom, side. Does your mom have any brothers? Uh, Not. Technically, okay, like so not neat, not in any way that matters. Yeah, so not you, for what we get doing. more. Neither my dad would help. My you dad, get, and her brothers wouldn't help because we're looking for her dad. Yeah, you mm. get more genetic information from the father, from from men than mm -hmm. you do from the women. Which means that you'll probably get more genetic information from you doing a twenty three and Me than even your yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, does your mom want you to share the results or keep it to yourself? Or have you even um, crossed another, that bridge? That's another good question. I mean, she and I are definitely going to talk about it. Um, how much it goes out from there, I'm I'm not certain. We'll uh, deal with that later. Also, well, let's take this the rest of this conversation offline. Well, I'll tell you, I think it's very cool that um, I, I will say this, and, and again, this is for all the single ladies out there. Um, how how much you've honored your mom by considering her and her feelings and her, um, you know, just how like. It would have been very easy for you to be like, ah, I'm just going to go do this and whatever, and not like be sensitive to the implications mm -hmm. of other things. I, 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 I want to publicly commend you for having, I think, the, the foresight and, so and sensitivity to that. So, again, um, 
Uh, CreightonVaughn at gmail.com <laughs> for all the single ladies looking for a sensitive a sensitive man. Now your Snapchat. Put your Snapchat up. Your Snapchat. We're not, we're not Snapchat. going into that. <laughs> I don't have Snapchat. Yeah, we've got to get out of here. Well, we we, are, we here. are dropping the music now, guys. Thank you for being with me. Uh, thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. Again, if you are watching um, our live stream on YouTube or Facebook, Check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening, but you've never watched the show, 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, uh, we live stream the recording of the podcast. And so, again, if you're watching, check out the podcast. If you're listening, check out the live stream. With all that being said, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show.